0: Tech
1: Team Weekly. This show may contain mature language and themes.
2: Hello and welcome to the show. This is Tech Team Weekly, your weekly roundup of tech news brought to you by your friendly neighborhood co-host, Sanjay from Engineering. Hello. Hey, nice to see you. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, thank you,
0: Gwen. How are you? Yeah,
2: not too shabby. Great. And Neil uh, from Testing. Neil, it's amazing to see you. How are you?
0: Hello. Hello. Hi, Gwen. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Hi, listeners, viewers, everybody. Um, Yeah, really good. 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 Uh, Autumn is definitely here. The clocks have changed. Things are very confusing. We've got through that tough week where the UK changed its clocks, but the US doesn't. Like last week, getting anything done was impossible. Like I kept having to remind people the time that you think this meeting is, is not the time that it actually is. Because I needed to arrange on US time. So it's the same time for them. But in the UK, it's like, no, no, we need to remember to turn up an hour early.
2: Amazing. Yeah, I always find this week really interesting because the radio is different because I listen to a New Jersey radio station and everything. It's just such a bizarre week. <laughs> um, I didn't say it was amazing to see you either. Uh, sorry, Sanj, it's bloody incredible to see you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Don't worry. I know it's amazing to me. It's amazing to see you as well. <laughs> Good.
2: Uh, so... Coming up today, we have our usual kind of stuff. We have our stand-ups for the week. We have social engineering where we discuss uh, what people have been saying and also podcast-driven development where we talk about all the metrics. Um, Lots of social engineering today, which is really good. And this week, we're talking about the hottest topic on the press, which is COP26 COP26 and all the climate tech stuff that's going on as well. Um, And News Bites, we've got some really interesting little tidbits there. And finally, the wash up to round us off. So thanks for joining us. Amazing to have you.
0: stand-up. So this week on the work front, um, again lots of secret stuff happening that I can't really talk about. A few people have heard about it but it's not really ready for public consumption yet but there's some exciting stuff happening. Uh, That's what I'll say. Stay tuned for a week or two uh, before I tell you what all that is. However, I did finally get an email invite to join GitHub Copilot which I was talking about as my new news bite in episode Mm -hmm. one and it's taken so therefore 10 weeks before they finally allowed me to join the program. Um, So this is the, the feature in GitHub that lets you do code completion using AI like you type a function name and it fills the entire function basically using Stack Overflow answers Um, really looking forward to trying that out I've not touched it yet because I'd like to record and stream my first experiences Uh, I'll probably do that on maybe even Twitch sometime this coming week, stay tuned for that Um, I've also got involved in some gaming for the first time in ages Uh, Nintendo have just released a new mobile game called Pikmin Bloom, Uh, Pikmin is a popular Nintendo game franchise starting back in the GameCube days, Um, it's From the same people who made Pokemon Go, and it's very similar gameplay-wise, there's a really nice USP in there, though, that in order to grow your Pikmin, which are like little flower creatures, um, you have to take steps in the real world. Like you'll collect a seedling and you need 10,000 steps before you can unlock it. So it encourages you to get out. Again, it gives you those nudges. Pokemon Go, obviously, was about getting outside, but Pikmin is really about getting exercise. Um, There's one major, um, in my eyes, a a major security flaw in there, though, in that as you walk around in the real world you lay a trail trail of flowers behind you now very similar to these things like strava mm-hmm. if you start laying these flowers as soon as you leave the house and you stop when you get home you very quickly get a picture in your neighborhood of who is playing the game i could point to i could walk to the door of someone i know who must be playing this because there's a loop that goes around starting from their house it's um a little bit worrying you, you can control um when you lay and lay and don't lay flowers like so you can wait till you got a bit away from your house but um that's something to watch out for, particularly if you, if you know someone who's got kids who's, who's playing it, um, just watch who's got access to their data. Um, finally, <laughs> some uh, this is kind of a news bite, really, but um, the world of Peloton, obviously, which is close to my heart, um, big goings on there this week. They had a, a big shareholder meeting where they announced um, uh, their earnings were significantly down this quarter or their estimates were down uh, insofar as people are, I guess, going back to real gyms faster than they expected. Uh, their stock price plummeted by 30 or 40 percent overnight um it went from like 90 dollars a share to 55 i think overnight um their ceo john foley uh, was a billionaire oh. isn't now uh, i'm sure he'll live but <laughs> he lost 400 million dollars of his oh, wow. oh my uh, god overnight. so um i think but yeah i mean the company's not going anywhere i mean literally that they make stationary bikes but um it's just it's I, I think that there's it's been caused by a lot of like amateur investors going like jumping on the bandwagon um during, during COVID and then jumping off very quickly all at the same time. Uh, there are a lot of companies who are going through these big cycles right now. Um, but yeah, it's not good to see.
2: Interesting. Yeah, do you have stocks in them? Yeah.
0: Uh, no, I don't. Um, but uh, obviously I, I'm heavily invested in them from, from a, a workout mm-hmm. perspective. And um, they're obviously, they're not going to go away, but um, they are going to have to look at cost cutting. They put a hiring freeze in place. Wow. They do a lot of crazy things. Like they, they send their their instructors out to like, they, they recently launched a load of classes from, classes from Iceland. Oh. Whether like literally they're driving around. the mountains. <sighs> I took some during test batch last week. Um, I imagine they're doing less of that going, <sighs> going forward. Um, but um, yeah, their, their core offering is still there and it's still good. But I think people are realizing, you know, maybe it's not the only future out there. Yeah. It's really shocking to see that sharper decline in their price though. So quickly, like overnight, that's unheard of, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't play the markets for this reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, moving on to my standup update. So work is uh Going great. Uh, it's all good. Um, I'm getting stuck into uh, uh, the more meaty things now. I'm having to, um, well, I'm getting a fantastic opportunity to collaborate more closely with the people on my team who've been super helpful and really nice. So that's been really great. Um, having a lot of support there. Um, uh, externally, uh, Sky are um, plugging a reboot of Sex in the City, which is coming back, I think, uh, in December or something. It's a 10-episode uh, miniseries, and it's called And Just Like mm-hmm. That. I'm sure we'll be all will all be very excited to see that but it will be interesting to see how they've changed because you know it's been like 20 years or something I'm not sure
2: and Kim Catterall we- isn't in it anymore because she had a massive falling out with our Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker didn't she she was like you were yeah, always a like horrible that. woman to me like get fucked yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so that'll be interesting but um, one thing that did kind of blow my mind this week is I watched this um, series on Amazon Prime, and it's so noteworthy that I just have to really quickly mention it, called Kevin
0: Can F Himself. Have either of you seen this or heard of it? I've, I've seen the uh, the advert, like literally the title on a, a slide on the, the, the Prime homepage, because uh, obviously they censor the F, but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, don't, I have no clue what it's about.
1: It's brilliant. So it's like, it's the story of like a sitcom wife. So, you know, in like a typical sitcom, you know, you've got like the husband who's always like, you know, bumbling and getting into nonsense and, you know, um, and then, you know, there's the poor wife Mm -hmm. in the background who always has to pick up the pieces. So it's kind of like half sitcom and half like really dark, terrifying, freaky kind of drama. Oh, really? And it's it's amazing it's like this exploration of like you know these sort of sort of downtrodden women like the men in their lives who are just getting away with everything you know no they never get any blame and you know this woman just has to like deal with everything and her life is just horrible and brutal and it's super dark and it's like it just i binge watched it twice
2: twice
1: Twice. (laughs) it's that good and i'm planning on the third so wow so just check it out kevin
0: can himself I will, will definitely check that out. And I actually, I'm very relieved because I was worried when I saw that, that uh, sentence in your show notes that you were talking about your friend yeah, Kevin. I'm like, what's he, what's he done? <laughs> well, Kev knows he can always have himself. <laughs> That's a given.
2: <laughs> oh, how interesting. I uh, I actually considered, I was like, should I get a streaming service this week? And then I didn't um so yeah i'm still like completely out of touch with any of that kind of stuff (laughs) um cool so uh my stand up so it has been a really stressful time at work uh and it's starting to come to head at the moment so i'm really tired uh it's been messing with my sleep which is really unusual for me but yeah um so next week i'll be able to say what's going on i guess um and yeah so uh because it's been going on so long, it feels like there's like different amounts of pain all the time, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I've been putting people on the progression framework, um, which has been really interesting and pretty good because uh, it seems like I've written it well enough to work. So I tried to write it so introverts and extroverts were considered. Um, Some of the things we're having to skip for some people like, and because we're using the same one for the testers, we just skip it. had a really so one of the uh people at work is a like mathematician fantastic genius at maths and uh yeah had some like problems sorting out the maths for the framework like because you've got like level one two three four and five and so if you put that you'll never be able to get higher than a five um and so yeah it was just like how do we sort this out kind of boring like maths but interesting um so yeah uh i did the eight hour product workshop uh Thanks to the people that reached out with some tips, I ended up taking a like boatload of Sharpies and drawing cubes and colouring them in for the entire session. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and outside of work, I got my flu jab, uh, went for tea on Wednesday. I saw Oliver at the theatre on Thursday, and I'm going to a friend's birthday tonight. Um, I'm still not very happy about going outside. We're trying to ease ourselves into it, but it's, like, it's quite weird. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting week.
1: It's a busy social yeah
2: very unusual like because usually we don't really do anything because it's covid times but it's Mm. like because i was going into work on wednesday uh ash my partner was like oh do you want to grab tea and i was like yeah we should do that and uh like it it felt quite safe uh yeah and for the theater we got box seats so we didn't have to sit near anyone um so that was quite good like yeah i'm still like get away from me
1: and there is now news of a pill we take, right? Um, if you get COVID, you just take a pill now, and apparently uh, you you don't get sick. Really? I think so. I heard I heard about this on the
0: radio yesterday. So I've seen head, headlines at least. Yeah. I'm
2: suspicious because they had the they had the swine flu one as well, didn't they? But the swine flu one, if you had mental health problems, it wasn't uh, very good for you. Um right. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I will have to look so, into it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if this will have the same effect. It might have been specific to the swine flu thing. I am very excited to hear that news. I had no idea Mm -hmm. about that. I don't know how I missed it. Mm -hmm.
0: Social engineering.
1: We've got a lot to get through in social engineering, uh, so th- this is great. I mean, it's been a, a fantastic week uh, for people reaching out to us. Ben Darfler, who whose article we were talking about uh, last week about the stand-ups, uh, said, "Glad you all enjoyed the article. I certainly enjoyed the conversation." Gwen Diagram, I hope you'll share how your trial goes. Be interesting to hear about that. Uh, Lee Hawkins says uh, another really enjoyable listen, not just on testing but on all things tech. Yes, thank you, Lee. There are other things in engineering apart from tech. Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> so, and, and, uh, uh but uh, on an aside, thank you so much, Lee, for all of the shares. He's one of our biggest fans on LinkedIn. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Jesper reached out to say, uh, change, change ups to check-in. Uh, I have a monthly call with some volunteers. The first 10 minutes are about what's on everyone's mind and status is next. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Uh, replying to, to you, Neil, I think he said to normalize that people can be absent once in a while from the daily team call. I think absolutely. You know, I know it's Sky. That's perfectly fine. You know, they're very, very flexible, which is a great way to work. Um, he, uh, Jesper, told us his wins for the week were that he wrote his first blog post in uh uh, in six weeks and it's the first time he's been to this gym in six weeks too, as well. So a double win there. Great work, Jesper. And I actually, I was just like, so curious, I said, okay, well, what's your blog? And he linked it. And I started reading it and it's like amazing. It's on like, um, it's all about like when to test and why and how to test and stuff. And, uh, it was really, really interesting article and introduced a new phrase in my vocabulary, which is MTTR, which might be, which you two might know. About, time is... to
2: recovery. Yeah.
1: Ex- exactly. Yeah. This is I love that phrase. I'm going to totally use that everywhere from now on, just to sound like I'm really, you know, clever. <laughs> <I'm> talking about. <laughs> um, Kristen said, uh, I bought a mirror two in 2015, just before my back operation. Best investment I ever made. It's hands down the most comfy chair I ever sat in. Wasn't cheap though. Looking at getting the wife. one, also I disabled the rocking. Gwen, you're a fan. I of the like thing. the
2: rocking a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I,
1: I checked out, I checked out those chairs. I was like, oh yeah, I could buy. I mean, they're bloody they're, expensive. It's like one or two grand. Uh,
2: so I think ours were like 800. Yes, they're stupidly expensive, but they will last yeah. for like 10 years. It's a thing of okay. like, well, hopefully more than that, but it's, yeah, I buy expensive. So I hopefully never have to buy things again. I'm very tight. Um, yeah, in a strange way. <laughs>
1: It's it's a good call. Uh, someone once said to me, "Buy cheap, buy twice," and that's so stuck. It's so yeah, cheap, totally,
2: right. totally. Uh,
1: how about how about that beauty you're
0: rocking there, Mister Stud? Yeah, it, it it's a very good recliner as well. Uh, absolutely agree. I mean, it's not just buy cheap, buy twice. You know, if you if you buy a cheap chair, that you also gonna have to pay for your, you. know, your uh, back massages, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it, you, know, you do, your back in, particularly yeah, sure. in these days where i I mean, I'm, I am permanently working remotely. It's not very easy for me to have like a, a home, you know, one of these health and safety, uh, you know, workstation, uh, inspections, like, like a lot of in-office companies have. So, you know, I'm just not taking any chances. I'm, I want to make sure that I'm, uh, treating my body with respect because Lord knows I need to at
1: this age. <laughs>
2: that,
0: that's, you
1: are preaching to the choir. Um, I might, I might, I'm definitely going to have to buy a new chair. I'll, I'll keep looking.
2: You um, can get them secondhand side. as well, apparently. Um, which okay. is be good. I'll have yeah. A look. yeah.
1: I, it's just, it's painful. I don't think I've ever spent more than like a hundred pounds on a chair and I feel like I should just get a good one. That
2: was how much my old one was and it fell apart. So yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay. Moving on, Simon Pryor. So, Sorry, Simon, we missed this in the last episode, uh, but he said EasyJet are hiring for a senior test manager for a holiday site uh, responsible for front-end and back-end systems with a view to uh, shift testing left and introduce the right automation. They have to work with me too. C- contact me for more details. That's uh, Simon Pryor on uh on Twitter. Simon's a great guy. I know both of you speak very highly of him. EasyJet's a very cool company. I have a friend who works there in uh, in mechanical engineering as well. And it oh. sounds like, this sounds like a great gig. Um, uh, he says, uh, we're running weekly test parties at EasyJet where we invite all areas of the business together and exploratory, exploratory test our systems. Had our tech director and other senior leadership members come along this week. Great way to spend our Friday afternoons. Sure, well, you know, whatever rocks your boat, Simon. Um, Kev said, uh, "Keep the stand-ups, please. The only way I can find out what's happening with you, Sanj. Uh, and he says, "My typeface is Cuisine or Cousin. It's like cousin French for cousin. I guess that looks like." And I checked it out, and it's a very, it's a very nice uh, typeface. But it's a very um
0: graphic it's a
1: very
0: print kind of typeface, you know. So yeah, really suits him. Um, uh, I'll, I'll tack on to the end of that um, just very quickly. Our uh, update on our podcast-driven development, uh, basically. All ticking along. Uh, it's been a quiet week for new subs, particularly on YouTube. Uh, no more Patreons, Patrons on Patreon. Uh, the LinkedIn follow account is unchanged, but um, Twitter is still going up, and our graphs of people viewing us on YouTube and listening to us on podcast feeds are both still going up. Very uh, nice straight line, so can't complain about that. Uh, but really, for this part of the section, it's. Really, we want to be here for you. Uh, if you. If you, our listeners, have got things you want to know, any behind-the-scenes information, uh, fire us some questions and we'll try and answer them. I think one really nice thing for us to do sometime um, will be for us to all to do a little uh, visual tour of our offices. Sandra, mm-hmm. notice your camera is pointing in a slightly different direction. Yeah. like I get to see a little bit more of your <laughs>
1: That's right. Because I've been, because Sky are delivering all these TVs and consoles and devices. So I'm having to move stuff around. It's all in shift right now. So yeah, you're in a
0: slightly different wow. place. Oh. I have, yeah, I have a television I, I on think, my desk yeah. the size of a bed.
2: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> I think it would be really nice for us all to see, like, yeah, to share a picture of us, you know, taking 10 steps back from the desk and saying, what, what we are yeah. seeing in front of us right now? So like, flip it around. That'd be yeah. nice for us to do for
2: this. Totally. Session.
1: This week's SEPIC. So, uh, in uh, One Two Sucker Punch for the government, there's another plan. It feels like we, was it last uh-huh. week or the week before? We spoke yeah. about the AI plan? Well, they've got another plan, and it sounds all right. So the UK Prime Minister is launching an international plan to deliver clean and affordable technology everywhere by 2030 at COP26. This has already been signed by 40 countries representing more than 70% of the world's economy, which is very good news. COP26, of course, is the 26th UN climate conference hosted by us in Glasgow and uh presided by uh, our very own Alex Sharma. The aim is for uh, net zero. The the first five goals in this plan are are to cover more than 50% of global emissions. Uh, The the key headings are power, road, transport, steel, Mm. hydrogen, and agriculture. Uh, I believe this weekend they're talking uh, for the first time seriously about uh, uh, agriculture and its impact and what they can do. Um, Of course, we live in an age where private enterprise has really been um, increasing uh, the reach, uh, impact and effect on on our lives and filling in that that missing role that, you know, government and leadership kind of just aren't. Um, Now, the government and and NGOs around the world are are quick to realize this as well. Our own government and the United Nations are enabling and empowering green and climate tech uh, startups and companies to sort of take off. Uh, top startups fueling London's climate tech startup boom are uh, Octopus, which probably we all know about—they're about, they, uh, they're about uh, renewable energy, particularly uh, electricity. Uh, Nucleo, this is a new one to me, um, which probably most people haven't heard of. This is nuclear energy, and it's done by air liquefaction. So the more I read into this, the more my mind just boggles. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to tell you—I'm going to tell you what I—Yeah, please do. Basically, it's insane. They, it's liquid air. So they freeze air. They make air so cold. Uh, apparently, our air, when it's so cold, turns into liquid. That's
2: amazing. Okay? And
1: they they store it in these high-pressure cylinders. And then when they expose it to room temperature, it sort of expands and releases <gasps> 700 times the amount of energy uh, that it originally stored. So this is this is an interesting uh, new tech that's coming up. But, um, carbon cleans. Sage, tell storm. me
2: how they tell me how they freeze it so doesn't it use still have a lot of like uh energy to freeze the air energy
1: to freeze it i don't know i
0: don't know man
2: oh how exciting
0: <laughs> I know. it's interesting I'm though just, it's moved, it's probably just move the air to manchester
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just ship,
1: ship it up, up north and then you know bring it back down south I mean, <laughs> Um, There is uh, also carbon clean solutions. This is the industrial carbon dioxide recovery. Very, very uh, important stuff here, really useful. Uh, And uh, uh, we're shifting from, you know, the very large scale down to the human scale. and the final startup, climate tech startup uh, that we have highlighted is uh, is one called Olio. Uh, this is this allows you to share excess food. Uh, I'm presuming uh, not only individuals but or organisations can get involved, and they already have five million users in the UK. So, an, inter- an interesting one uh, to check
0: out. I'm going to just throw throw in one more uh, company that that announced sort of breaking news uh, just like twelve hours before we recorded. Um, a company that announced at COP that. Um, they're a UK aeronautics company called Reaction Engines, and they've announced that they have a jet engine for planes that can run on ammonia. So it's clean plane tech that they reckon nice. we could to go within a decade. Um, it's wow. an old statement, um, mm. whether they're making that that statement to, you know, to keep themselves honest and keep themselves pushing forward. I don't know. But the idea of clean air transport is uh, incredible. If yes, it, if yeah. Did you see? We have.
2: Oh, sorry, Sanj.
0: Did- no. Did you see
2: the blimps as well? So, uh, oh, it must've been about eight months ago. Uh, they were talking about using blimps, which I was very, very excited about. Um, Mm -hmm. but Ash rightly said how blimps were a very bad idea after the big blimp disaster that happened. Uh, so, yeah.
1: So this is, this is an interesting epic. I want to start by asking the two of you what your opinions are on our, the state of our climate, um, uh, climate change and what's going on at COP26 right now. So,
2: um, there was a really interesting, uh, YouGov survey. Uh, they asked the daily things and in that they said, when did you last talk about climate? And it's like in the, like many times in the last week, like once in the last week. And I talk about it all the time. Uh, like, uh, my partner talks about it all the time. He's really, really obsessed about it, but also I'm, I'm very passionate about it. Um, yeah, everything's really terrible. I don't like it. I hope that mm-hmm. we can improve it. I'm excited about you, about companies attempting to improve it because it is companies that need to do it. So um, it's really disappointing. You work really hard to like look at your own like waste that you create, like and do all this zero waste stuff, but it's a drop in the fucking ocean compared to what these companies mm-hmm. are doing. Um, like yeah. you know, Coca Cola, how much plastic are they putting into the world? Um, and, yeah, and they like you have to go and you have to like find a zero waste store and put all this effort in, make it easier for us to like do it like why are you creating all this waste um makes me makes me very angry, and it makes you feel really helpless because you want to you want to improve things, but uh, yeah, and you know uh at least at least you're trying, um but yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think of it very similar to to things like diversity and inclusion initiatives in that we can each try and, um, you know, Mm. be the way that we want to, we we can act the way that we want to, uh, and we could seek out companies that, that seem to be behaving in ways that we like, but we can't change things on an organization level. And I think having more and more of these big conversations, it, it can only be helpful. Um, it's really interesting. Certainly, I don't watch that much TV, but certainly the adverts that I'm seeing on TV are, at the moment, are focused on companies um, displaying their new green initiatives or talking about yeah how they're looking to reduce plastic and things. Um, and sometimes people accuse them of, of like virtue signaling, but um, it's a signal we need need more signals we need to encourage people that this is the way to live and uh, that it's not that difficult um if you think about things like our our individual carbon footprints um areas of that have been on the the table for for years now like people have an understanding of their travel carbon footprint and and you know how much emissions you know you you will consume on a a plane flight for example and like the carbon footprint of food like you know the the benefits of growing locally and, and living sustainably on that sort of side um we don't talk at all about the carbon footprint of of tech um and it's really interesting certainly with with the rise of of bitcoin which is hugely destructive for the environment in terms of like the processing power that you need to, for machines and you know the mm-hmm. heat that these machines put out um and we're we're seeing it now now with um in, in a covid world you know with the amount of commuting going down you know we see satellite pictures of countries who've who are putting less emissions out into the world particularly you know like march 2020 uh, those those pictures out of China that just like showed crystal clear skies because there was just no smog. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are, are gaining uh, an, an appreciation for this. This is something we need to change. So
2: it might sound like uh, I have my tinfoil hat on, but I will find evidence to back this up, although it is internet evidence. But uh, the people that invented the carbon, carbon footprint thing uh, was BP um, to try and push the problem back on people. Um, Mm. yeah, so I will find, uh, the data to show that just to show that I'm not just wearing a tinfoil hat.
1: This is, this is one thing I wholeheartedly agree with. You know, the problem is, I mean, we as individuals have all accepted. We need to do something about this, right? Or the Mm -hmm. majority of people, let's say, you know, at least half, right. But the problem is with these huge companies, right? And they keep reframing the problem as if it's, it's, it's our fault. And they put out these like shell, will put out a tweet saying, what are you doing to make the environment better? (laughs) And I love the replies they get, you know, when we're not releasing half a million barrels of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. Fuck
2: you, man. (laughs) like you're ruining our world and you're trying to push the problem back on us like you know use b wax wrap instead of fucking uh cling film or whatever and it's just oh it makes me so so mad um i'm really passionate about this i do try and put a lot of effort into um like to have a low carbon footprint but yes it is really difficult (laughs) um when it's like yeah it's a drop in the ocean
1: are our leaders globally failing us? Even even our very own queen last week was quoted as saying she's really upset with leaders for, you know, talking a big game year after year and not doing anything with no
2: results. They're completely failing us. So, uh, like, 2030 is better than what it used to be. It always used to be fucking 2050, didn't it? And it's like, mm. you are killing us. You're absolutely killing us. And they cover, like, so many of the uh, – like bp and what are they called like uh oil companies like yeah, yeah they just covered stuff up like they did research on this in the 80s and they covered all of it up it's yeah a proper sound tin foil hat
0: <laughs> i think you're right though yeah, yeah yeah i think companies are running out of excuses and i think that's part of what cop 26 is mm-hmm. looking to do it's like people are saying um this you know clean tech is expensive and and now the the, the, the conglomerate is saying well, what have we subsidised? What we make it affordable. Uh, so that affordability is not your excuse. And um, go on, mm-hmm. go and do it. And um, like, yeah, the, the the whole concept of I, Sam, you mentioned that the five initiatives they're pushing. One of them is um, green steel. Uh, so steel that is mm-hmm. produced using hydrogen or electric power, because steel production is traditionally, you know, it's a fossil fuel burning um, enterprise. Like that's that sounds amazing. Like, like, yeah, if you could take one of the the big um, the big players off the table, that that, that can only help yeah i'm i'm
1: really proud um globally that entrepreneurs and you know innovators are coming in uh to to fill the space you know they're they're creating things and opportunities for us uh, to to invest in and partake in and you know make things better and i'm I'm glad that that governments and the u.n are investing in that but you know i feel like they should be doing more themselves right because in the past it's it was always their responsibility right it's not enterprises responsibility Technically to solve our world's problems, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm really excited to hear what comes out of the agriculture stuff for COP26 because I mm. I have very strong feelings about this with the supermarkets pushing food prices so low um, that they're pushing it down for the farmers, which means that they have to take shortcuts um, and therefore they can't create like safe uh, – safe food for people because they're having to get pushed so much um yeah like and that will that will not be green if they're having to do it cheaply it's yeah
1: if if you uh, are aware of any uh, interesting green or climate tech uh, companies um reach out to us we'd really love to hear about them uh, we can give them a little shout as well maybe mention them next week um, and in terms of, I mean, in terms of the climate, um, I don't really know what to say, I mean, I, I, I wish the future was brighter and I'm glad that it looks like at this last, last, last the final minute of the final minute of the final mm-hmm. second, you know, hopefully we do something, you know, there's, there's some sign that change is happening and we you know, we'll, we'll be progressing to net zero, but you know, who knows? It's out of our hands, right? We've done what we can. We recycle. We we watch our carbon footprint. We shut the light off, right? We close the windows.
2: You're going to trigger me with the recycling thing as well. Um... Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm
0: going to drop in a quick a quick name check check for a, a think piece that Wired uh, did online this week uh, titled "Stop Telling Kids They'll Die from Climate Change," which um, it, it's a very interesting, if contentious piece. It's saying, you know. You know, should we be opening the kid our kids' eyes up to the fact that you know the world is burning, or is this just do we do they need protection from from like doomsday scenarios? But um, mm. I I, um, I certainly fall on the side of, of um, they need to know what's going on. Uh, but so
2: this yeah. is really interesting because in the eighties they had the whole Cold War thing, and so um, a lot of people that are older than me in English talk about the television show Threads. And how absolutely terrifying it was to them when they were a kid. But a lot of people that were like uh children in the eighties grew up absolutely terrified of nuclear war. It's just the new mm. thing. I think we're always growing up scared of stuff.
1: But this feels like a reasonable one to be slightly oh, concerned yeah. about anyway, right?
2: <laughs> really.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna go away no. on its own. No. No.
2: no. I want to talk about supply shortages for chips because I'm a really big fan of the book The Goal by Eli Goldratt Um, and I'm also a big fan of supply chains and just-in-time production. However, just-in-time production doesn't seem to be working well at the moment because there is no end in sight for the current chip shortage. So ARS Technica reports that it was predicted that the global chip shortage was looking to ease sometime in 2022. However, that forecast seems to have been optimistic. So demand continues to go up as people continue buying new phones, tablets and laptops and continue using really network-heavy streaming services. So companies such as Intel, Samsung and TSMC, who I hadn't heard of, but yeah, are all working to build new fabs, but they won't come online for years. So this is a problem mixed in with the talent shortage, like because they can't get more people to... Uh, build the chips. Uh, So yeah, it's not looking great. Uh, And they've also had shipping delays adding to this problem. Um, So what's really interesting out of all of this is just-in-time just isn't an option anymore. So Robert Mayer, the president of Semiconductor Advisors, said that users of semiconductors that used to do just-in-time manufacturing have gone to stockpiling literally a year's worth of parts to counteract any potential shortages. So this is a really interesting change in manufacturing. Um, for for a long time, just in time has been hammered in, you know, like with all of the like Toyota theories and Kaizen and stuff like that. And yeah, things are having to change because of all these shortages.
1: That is very interesting. The chip shortage is a huge problem, um, particularly with like graphics, mm, Yeah. because we have the chip shortage can't produce enough and then they're all being sucked up by uh crypto mm-hmm. miners right you just can't get a graphics card and they're worth so much remember i was telling you i i had to sell some stuff on ebay i sold my old graphics card it was a 1080 like a gtx yeah. 1080 i got almost what i paid for it five years ago for- oh
2: my god <laughs> that's insane it. i found it really interesting yeah. how um used cars have gone up in price so much as well because you can't get new cars like the effect it's having is so interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing if, like, a new dawn of manu- manufacturing happens.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think coming back to the main story as well, we need to do more with particularly our, our old mobile phones. Like, our phones are built to last. and we- We're just changing them because we want the, the newest, smartest phones. Uh, I know there are a lot of, of recycling services out there that a lot of people will use because you get quite a lot of cash back for your old phone. But I've got a drawer full of the things. And, and yeah, these are mm. these are full of chips that... Uh, you Even know, if, if I recycled them, you know, they might just get melted down rather than the chips themselves being reused. I, I think we need to, I think there needs to be another uh, shakeup in that industry of actually, you know, you have a drawer full of things that people could put to good use. Yep. There's
2: a lot of gold in mobile phones, isn't there? Well, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of everything, but yeah, yeah. it's so interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got my old Pixel 3 um, here right next to me. Um, I can't, well, like traditionally I could have traded this in and got like a hundred quid for it. I've got a tiny crack. On the screen, which means my phone is now worth a pound. So it's sitting on my desk because I can't be asked to, to recycle it for a pound. But you know, I should I should just find somewhere actually should just donate this. You know, mm-hmm. right off the pound, I need to get that that stuff back into the into the stream somewhere. But not mm-hmm. not literally the stream. I'm not going to throw it in the stream. <laughs> <screen>, but <laughs> anyway,
2: I always end up using them for testing uh, anyway. So like yeah, like any that are still. Like worth it. So even a iPhone five I had like I ended up taking it in for Monzo because it was on like a really old thing and it was like we need an iPhone five and we can't find one. So yeah, they do come in handy for testing, <laughs> but I don't think that's yeah. useful for most people. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll move on to to my story then. Um, there's been a lot of chatter online this week about a new AI bot named Delphi, which is designed to answer some of history's toughest philosophical questions, or at the very least some of the internet's. The online bot was built by the Allen Institute for AI and is a research prototype which its creators admit is partially intended to demonstrate the limitations of training models, especially when one of the primary sources for training data was Reddit. It's undergone a few tweaks in the past couple of weeks after an early version was giving answers which were slightly too pro-genocide. But still, there have been some very interesting articles about Delphi, which I'll link in the show notes, which have analysed its responses to subtly different phraseology. Uh, It's really interesting, for example, that it judges that ignoring a phone call from a friend is rude, but ignoring a phone call from a friend that you just had a fight with is okay. Uh, I had a little play around with it. I, I put this on Slack. I, I started feeding it some of our podcast's toughest philosophical questions. Uh, I asked it, I, is it okay to let Sand do all of the editing work for the podcast? <laughs> uh, Delphi says that's okay. So uh, that's good. No <laughs> right. need to feel guilty there. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. go, go, go back a few episodes when, when Ben was talking about um, the Tesla's uh, safe driving initiatives. Um, running over a squirrel so my tesla doesn't punish me for heart for heavy braking. uh delphi says that's wrong so when, uh, they're on the side of the squirrel
1: <laughs> awesome that that's very interesting learning anything from reddit is not a good
2: idea no it's really not um yeah it's it's interesting so uh i put i can't remember what i put in but i wasn't happy with the response but yeah uh I'm always like, well, maybe it's just like an eight ball, but it's not, like, uh, because, yeah, it uses training Mm. data and stuff like that. But, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's actually quite a good exercise in um, writing questions that aren't leading, because you can lead it towards um, particular answers, depending on, you know, whether you, the the choice of language you use, whether it's inflammatory or not. Mm. Um, it's, it's quite quite good fun. Anything that you could you could post to an AI and it gives you an answer back. Mm. It's always interesting to play with. So I'll put a link to Delphi. In what?
2: It's so interesting that they always turn wrong as well, isn't it? Was it? Uh, <laughs> what was her name? Taj? The uh, the Microsoft one on Twitter that turned into a absolute Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are just wrong. That's why <laughs> it uses people, David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: the wash up
2: thank you so much for listening it was absolutely amazing to have you here so um it was really lovely to get feedback from you this week so keep it coming um we love hearing like what you think of the show we love hearing your opinions um so yeah keep them coming love it and uh of course please consider subscribing uh yeah listen on youtube and anchor and thank you yeah
0: subscribe mash that like button <laughs> Don't mash it because that likes and
1: unlikes. Oh, no. Just press it once. <laughs> press it the right amount of times. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Tech Team Weekly.